Thank you for joining us. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and energize your faith. In part two of Stir Up Your Mind, Pastor Duane is going to show us that what we choose to fill our minds with affects our day-to-day living, not only in our thoughts, but in our actions and our words as well. We're going to look at Joshua 1.8 to understand the power of our words in today's message, Meditation Departure. I hadn't thought about this until I was just standing here, but it's very possible to have faith but not know how to release your faith. And really what I want to talk to you about is releasing your faith, right? In fact, there's a difference between hope and faith, right? Hope is what's going to happen, but faith is when you receive it. And you have to, at some point, go from the place of hope into the place of faith. Now, in Proverbs 18, in verse 21, it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Well, the truth is this, you're always going to eat your words. Just some of them can taste good and some mad. And what it's saying here is that there is so much power in your tongue. Now, for example, it's often said that encouragement is like oxygen to the soul. Uh, when David was so discouraged because King Saul was trying to, to kill him and he's hiding out in the Judean wilderness, uh, Jonathan, his son, the son of the king, comes and speaks with David and encourages David and says, you are going to be king after my father. It was encouragement. And encouragement, it's oxygen for our soul. But there's so much more when it's talking here about death and life being in the power of the tongue. In fact, in Genesis Chapter 1, the third verse, talks about the power that God released through words. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, it's, it's interesting that way in the very beginning of the Bible, we see that he spoke and then something happened. And then it happens again, and it happens again, and it happens again. God said, and he saw. He said, and he saw. He said, and he saw. And it's death and life. There is power that is released when you and I speak. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, when you and I talk, we should be agreeing with God. What does God say about your situation? You and I should be saying that same thing. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. In fact, the truth is you'll never be able to speak what God says about you if you don't take time to be in God's Word. You've got to take that time. You know, in Luke chapter 4, it mentions Jesus comes to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And he goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as his custom was. And they delivered to him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And it says that he found the place where it is written. Now, Now, notice that he found the place. How many of you know what you seek and then you find? He knew what he was looking for. He'd been there before. And he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And then he said, this scripture 
today is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, he said, what I just read is true about me. It's true today about me. And you and I need to come to that same place where we open the book, we find the place where it's written, and we say, what it says right here is true about me. We need to say what God says. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So your Bible, listen, your Bible was not first written. Your Bible was first spoken. It proceeded out of the mouth of God. And then it was written. But it was written so that you could speak it. Because this book of the law shall not depart out of your, out of your mouth. And it's really important that we understand that what God says about us, we need to be saying about ourselves. You know, you need to say some things over your family. Say some things about your life, about your health, about your future, about your finances. You know, you speak what can be. If God says it's true about you and you speak that thing, it is what will be. Uh, words, just, just words can change literally a person's destiny. A little boy, a shepherd boy named David heard a giant named Goliath say some things. He said, send me somebody to fight with me. And when he heard that, uh, this, this is going to date me. It's probably going to date some of you. I remember Popeye. You know, he'd, he'd be sitting there and he says, I've standed all that I could stand and I can't stand no more. All right? Well, that's kind of like what happened to David. He says, I've heard all I can hear and I can't hear no more. And he says, isn't there a cause? And I'll go and I will fight against that giant. Well, that statement that he made, boy, it changed his destiny. It literally changed his destiny. His brother heard and began to discourage him, to mock him. He ends up before the king, and the king tells him he can't go. And he said to the king, he said, I was keeping my father's sheep. A lion came, a bear came. I killed the lion, I killed the bear, and I will kill that Philistine. And finally, the, 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 the king said, well, go ahead. Give it a try. And David said to the giant, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, whose armies you have defiled. And today, he will deliver you into my hand. Now, he began to speak some things out. He began to speak to his enemy. You know, the enemy had told, spoke to him and said, what do you think I am, a dog? You're coming at me with a stone and a stick? But when David talked back to Goliath, I, I really believe Goliath was shocked. You say, why? Because when you're 10 foot tall, nobody's been talking back to you since you were in the third grade. <laughs> you know, and the devil will tell you some things. Right? And he's kind of shocked when you stand up and you begin to say some things back to him. You know, but when there is a giant that you're facing and that giant is saying some things to you, 
You need to begin to say some things back. You need to begin to speak what God says about you, what God says about your situation. David, he was constantly speaking. David said, I love this. He said, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. The Lord is my light in my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, we all know the 30, 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your ride, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now notice David mentioned there's going to be a valley or two. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say I camp. God's not going to have you camp there. God's going to walk you through. We always want to go around. We want to miss the valley. But realize you're going through the valley and the valley is not your finale. You're going through to the other side of the valley. The Bible tells us in, in the book of Judges where literally for 400 years, Israel had no king. And God would raise up someone to deliver them when they came under the oppression of an enemy. And there's a man by the name of Gideon. Literally, the, the Israelites are being oppressed by the Midianites because they've turned away from God. And the Midianites literally come every year at harvest time and they strip the land. And the Bible says they come and they're like locusts. And there's a man named Gideon. And he's afraid, but he's got a little bit of wheat. And he's hiding down in a wine press, threshing the wheat. Now, you don't hide in a wine press to thresh wheat. You need to get on top of a hill and throw that up and then the, the chaff is carried away and the, the wheat falls down. But he's hiding someplace, trying to thresh out some wheat. And it says, Behold, the angel of the Lord sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah. You thought Oprah was only on television now that she was way back, back here 3,000 years ago. All right? And she's watching. Well, Gideon is threshing wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, I'm sure that he was surprised because he's hiding from the enemy. He doesn't consider himself a match for the enemy. He's hiding out. And the Lord is calling him a mighty man of valor. He may have looked around to see if there was somebody else around. But he began to explain to the angel of the Lord. And by the way, the angel of the Lord is literally an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. Theologians call this a Christophany. Right? Jesus shows up and is talking to him, and he makes excuses. I know none of us ever make excuses to Jesus. Right? But he tells Jesus, Jesus, look, uh, you, you do not understand. First of all, look at all the trouble this nation's in. And if God's with us, why do we have any trouble? Have you ever thought that one? If God's with me, why is there any trouble? So he can deliver you. 
That's why. I don't know if you, if you realize this or not, but the Bible, it says, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. You say, what does that mean? That means all God's days start at night. Got that? All of his days start at night. Your situation may start dark, but what God's going to do is he's going to bring you into the light. So he, he says, look, God, look at the trouble that we're in. The enemy comes. They oppress us. And, and the angel said, look, I want you to go and deliver your nation. And he says, look, I am from the, the least tribe. I'm from Manasseh. And, and my tribe is the least of all the tribes. And in my tribe, my father's house, we are literally the least of all of Manasseh. And if you look at the tribe of Manasseh in my father's house, I am on the bottom. I am the least of my father's house. So basically, this is what I like to explain it like this. He said, look, I am from the Barney Fife tribe. And I am Barney Fife. And there are some people you can use, and there's some people you can't use, and I happen to be one of those that you cannot use. Uh, it's interesting that God did not pay any attention. I think it's great that Paul writes in the New Testament, and he says, not many mighty, not many wise, not many noble. He says, God chooses the base things. In other words, if God chose you, it's not because you are great. He chose you because he thought, I can use them and get all the glory. Because everybody will know it wasn't them. So literally, Gideon goes, and God uses him to deliver a nation. But his destiny changed when the angel of the Lord said to him, Hail, you mighty man of valor. A declaration was made over him. You know, God's made some declarations over you. He says that you're victorious, that you're an overcomer, that you're righteous, that you're justified, that you're delivered, that you're a victor, that you're an ambassador for God. God has made some declarations over us, and we need to begin to agree with God and begin to speak what God speaks because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it, We'll eat the fruit thereof. Now, you can take the truth and forget it, but you won't eat its fruit. You won't receive the benefit just automatically. We need to begin to say what God says about us. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Right? Now, it's when we begin to speak things, speak what God says about us, that literally revelation comes. And every increase in faith is always because of an increase of revelation. But I want to talk to you about a few things that you and I need to declare over our lives. Right? But we need to begin to declare words of faith, literally, that frame our future. David said, I will go. And that declaration that God will deliver that giant into my hand took him from the pasture to the palace. The angel's declaration to Gideon, mighty man of valor, changed his destiny. Now, Jesus said this in Mark 11, verse 23. Now, now literally, there's, just, there's three verses here where Jesus talks about faith. And in those three verses, 
Jesus talks more about faith than he does in any other place. And how many will agree with me when, when I make this statement that Jesus knows more about faith than you do or than I do? Because if somebody says to me, what is faith? I say, well, it's believing, it's confidence, it's trusting, right? But Jesus has just cursed a fig tree and it withered up from its roots. And his disciples say, look at that tree. And, and Jesus said to them, have faith in God. And then he said, for verily, verily, I say unto you. And let me just remind you that when Jesus says verily, verily, or assuredly, or truly, some of your translations say, uh, I just want to remind you, Jesus always tells the truth, right? So when he tells you he's going to tell you the truth, before he tells you the truth, this is what it means. It means he's going to tell you the truth. But you won't believe it. So I'm going to read something, and as I read this, this is what your brain's going to tell you. That ain't right. There's more to it than that. It won't work for me. But Jesus said, verily, verily, truly, truly, assuredly. In other words, he's saying, you, this, what I'm going to tell you is going to put your brain on tilt. Okay, here's what he says. Whosoever... Who will this work for? Whosoever. Rich, poor, man, woman, educated, illiterate, live in a mansion, live under an underpass on the expressway in a cardboard box. This will work for whosoever will say. For whosoever will what? Say. In other words, all you need to do for this not to work for you is keep your mouth shut. You, you, you will instantly be disqualified just by keeping your mouth shut. So what that means is this. The first thing that your faith will ever move is your mouth. And if your faith does not move your mouth, it will never move a mountain. David said to the giant, and then he ran at that giant. So listen, when you have a giant, you need to run at your giant with your mouth working, saying something. Verily, verily, I say to you that whosoever will say to this mountain, most of us just talk about our mountain, but Jesus said to talk to it. I've had it for so long. I've seen the doctor so many times. It hurts so much. It's generational. My grandpapa had it, and my daddy had it, and my brothers have it, and I've got it, and we've got it, and it's this, and it's that, and it's I'm depressed and never get victory. Now, you're talking about it. Don't talk to God or people about your mountain, but talk to your mountain about your God. Whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he saith will come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he says or whatsoever he saith. King James. Jesus said you'll have whatsoever you 
I want you to do that one more time. You'll have whatsoever you. Okay, now I want you to listen. This may sound like it's just a play on words, but this is not a play on words. Jesus said you'll have whatsoever you say. But what almost everybody does is we say what we have. We give a report. I've got this, I've got that, I've got this problem, I've got that problem, I've got these troubles, I've got this situation, I've got this, and I've got this, and I've got that. Now, if all you do is say what you have, all you'll ever get is what you've already got. Because Jesus said you'll have whatsoever you say. Right? You'll have whatsoever you say. Now, in Romans, the fourth chapter, it says that God calls things that be not as though they were. So before it's there, God is saying it's going to be there. He's calling it. Now, years ago, oh, I'm going to tell you about my dog. We, 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 we had a dog. This dog was amazing. The dog would meet me. I would get out of my car and open my door, and my dog would be sitting there going, She'd be smiling at me. She would go fishing with me. I love that dog. I called that dog every time. You know, that dog wasn't around. I'm like, and I'd be calling for my dog. But Jeannie had a cat (laughs) that would get on my John Deere lawnmower and leave all paw prints and scratch my green lawnmower. I hated that cat. (laughs) Now, I had a cat, but I did not want to see that cat. I did not want the cat in a garage. I did not want the cat to come. So I didn't call the cat. I called the dog because I love the dog. And when I called the dog, the cat did not come. The dog came. Now, Now, God literally is calling things that be not. He's saying, come. He's bringing them out of the spiritual realm into the natural realm. Now, here's the interesting thing. Then he tells Abraham to do the exact same thing. Abraham is 99 years old and has no children. And God changes his name. And now his name is the father of a multitude or the father of nations. What's he doing? He's calling. He's speaking something that is not. See, God calls things that be not as though they were, but he told Abraham, you do the exact same thing. He took him out of his tent, and he he said, look up there in the sky and see the stars. If you can count the stars, you'll be able to count your descendants. And look at the sand on the shore. And if you can count those grains of sand, you'll be able to count your descendants. God gave him a picture on the inside. Now, literally, what the Word of God is supposed to do is put a picture on the inside of you in the inside of me. Put a picture inside, a picture of your overcoming, a picture of your living in peace, a picture of restoration, a picture where you see yourself not living under the domain of sin, but free. See, it puts a picture on the inside of you where God is bringing provision into your life, where there's healing, where there's deliverance, right? So it's not just what you believe, but you have to believe. But faith works for whosoever will 
say. Whosoever will say. What declaration have you been making? Well, nothing ever works out for me. I'm just a loser. Never going to change. I'm never going to be free. I'll always be broke. Nothing ever works out for me. Or is your declaration, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. He forgives all my iniquities and he heals all of my diseases. What is your declaration? We need to begin to say what God says. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. And literally, our declarations unlock our destiny. Our declarations unlock the provision that God has for us. The children of Israel have come out of Egypt and they've come to the edge of the promised land. They're in a place called Kadesh Barnea. And Moses sends in 12 spies and says, go walk through the land. Bring us back a report. What are, are the cities walled? Are the people few or many? What are the crops? And the people, the, the, the 12 spies, they go and they pass through the land for 40 days and they come back. And uh, you, you've probably seen the picture. It's on some of the Israeli coins today. There's two men and they're hauling a cluster of grapes in between them that they cut down in the valley of Eshkatol. And it's so big, it takes two men to carry one cluster of grapes. These are not the ones you buy at Costco. Right? And they come back and they say, wow, just like God said, that land flows with milk and honey. Right? They said, but we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they said, we saw the giants, and we saw the walled cities, and we saw the, the seven nations, and we are not able to go up. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. This was God's observation of the ten spies. He said, they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land through which they had spied out, saying, through land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people there whom we saw in it were men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our sight, and so we were in their sight. And they said, we cannot go in. Two, Joshua and Caleb said, let us go in at once and take possession. Ten said, we are not able. And here's the interesting thing. How many of you realize it's easier to believe a bad report than a good report? We just live in a negative world. You know, if I say, I, I, I want you to go to, to 28th Street, and you say, how do I get there? I say, well, you leave the parking lot over towards the west and go down to the red light. Now, that sounds normal, but it's not a red light. It's a traffic light. It's green more than it's red, but we just call it a red light. We just constantly look at the negative, the things that are stopping us. And it's interesting, the Bible says that two million people rose up and began to complain and began to cry and said, why has God brought us here? So that we're going to die? That our wives and our children are going to become victims? It would have been better for us if we had just stayed in Egypt. 
Now, in fact, let's select a leader and let's go back to Egypt. And the Bible says that they, they literally, they begin to weep and cry all night. Be better for us to just go back to Egypt. Be better for us to just die here. And God said, as I live, says the Lord, just as you've spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. You think God ever listens to what you say? As you've spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. He said, every one of you from 20 years old and above that said we cannot go in, you will not go in. But Joshua and Caleb said, let us go in at once and take possession, and they will go in. Forty years pass. Two million people have died. Everybody who said we cannot go in died. Two are still alive, Joshua and Caleb. And they go in, and they take possession. God said, as you've spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Is it interesting that everybody got what they said? Everybody got what they were saying and believing. And God says, if you've spoken in my ear, so I will do to you. That's what you're going to get. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. When they said, we cannot go in, and God said, I've given you the land. This is what God said. He said, they gave a bad report. They gave a bad report. When God says you can, and you say you can't, God says, that's a bad report. When God says you are, and you say you're not, that's a bad report. You know, in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 16, Peter just makes a declaration and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And because of that declaration that day, things changed for Peter. In fact, Jesus even changed his name that day. He said, you used to be a pebble, but now you're going to be a rock because of a declaration. Let me close with one last scripture. James chapter 3. Likewise, look at the ships. Though they are so great and driven by rough winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the helm impulse of the helmsman desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member. If a ship is out on the ocean and a hurricane comes, the hurricane does not determine the direction of the ship. The rudder determines the direction of the ship. Now, that hurricane may affect the ship, but it's the rudder that determines the direction that that ship is going to go. And, and James says here, in the same way, the tongue. Even so, the tongue. You may be in the middle of a hurricane. But what James says is this. He says, it's not that hurricane that's going to determine your ultimate destination. What's going to determine your ultimate destination is going to be your rudder. It's your tongue. Just like a rudder on a ship. He's saying, so is your tongue. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it can boast of great things. See how much wood or how great a forest a tiny spark can set ablaze. Then verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of wickedness set among our members, contaminating, depraving the whole body, and setting on fire the wheel of birth, the cycle of man's nature, being itself ignited by hell. 
Now notice it says that the tongue can set on fire the wheel of birth. In other words, your tongue can cause things to begin to happen in your life. Good things or bad things. In fact, notice that he said that it is set on fire by hell. In other words, there is nothing the devil likes more than to use the words of your mouth to bring bad and evil into your life. I think it's interesting the Bible says to take the shield of faith with which we quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Those fiery darts, probably 80% of them come out of your mouth. In other words, you're saying something that is contrary to what God says, and the enemy is the one who's motivating, and he's the one who's going to use those words that come out of your and my mouth. It's ignited or set on fire by hell. Let's not let the enemy use the words of our mouth. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. As we spend time, just like Jesus, opening the book, finding the place where it's written, and saying, today, what the Bible says right here about me is true. As we begin to agree with God, we are going to begin to see, just like David did, things begin to change in our life, in our family, in our body, in our finances, in our businesses, in our jobs. Things are going to begin to change. Chains are going to begin to fall off when you begin to say what God says about you. Revelation 12, verse 11 says, and they, that's us, overcome him, that's the devil and everything he brings, by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You know, there really is no overcoming victory without the word of your testimony. Jesus said, this will work for whosoever will say, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Say, God made fish to swim in an ocean. He made eagles to fly in a sky, but he made you to have relationship with him. And if you don't have relationship with God, you're living life that you're not living life to its fullest. You're not living life the way you were intended to live life. Your purpose is to have relationship with God. And if you're watching today and you realize I'm not right with God and I don't have that relationship, would you bow your head and pray a prayer right now with me and begin that relationship with God? Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins and I believe he rose again. And today I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm gonna live for him every day. And I thank you that you love me, that you've heard my prayer, that you receive me, that I am forgiven and I'm a part of your family now, today and forever, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer, and you are right with God. Now, I wrote a book to help you keep growing spiritually. It's full of bullet points that are really going to make a difference in your spiritual walk. And I want to give it to you absolutely free. Now, you can download that book, or you can contact us, and we'll send you a hard copy. 
If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. How awesome. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Jump on to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there instantly. Again, it is absolutely free. Check out our new question and answer section of walkingbyfaith.tv. There are all sorts of answers to questions that you might have. If you don't see the answer you're looking for, maybe no one has even asked the question. So send your questions to info at walkingbyfaith.tv. You can now find today's program available on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Just search for Walking by Faith or find us in your favorite app store. We are so excited to let you know about an awesome opportunity to help impact the world with Walking by Faith. Due to the generosity of some of our partners, today any gift that you give will be matched. If God is using this ministry to strengthen your faith, please consider making a donation today and help us make use of these matching funds while they're available. If you need someone to pray with or God is just doing amazing things in your life, we would love to hear about it. You can contact us by phone, email, or through our app. Also, find us on your favorite social platform by searching WBF-TV. Next week, we're taking a look at our eternal life and how it might not mean exactly what it says. We'll see you next time.